Listener Production. I've got a vulnerability here that I've never felt before and it makes me a bit nervous because I could shut anything down. I could pretend things never happened. I could put up a brick wall and just think, I don't care, I'm a bulldozer. I could care less. But now I feel exposed, like, oh, here's this big meaty heart hanging out that everyone can see. It worried me for a while, but I'm sort of more comfortable with it. Hi, I'm Jess Rowe, and this is the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show, a podcast that skips the small talk and goes big and deep. From love to loss and everything in between, I want to show you a different side of people who seem to have it all together in these raw and honest conversations about the things that matter. Broadcaster Kyle Sanderlands is a star. Love him or loathe him, Kyle makes an impact. He's one of the most powerful figures in the media. The Kyle and Jackie O Show is the most successful radio show in Australian history. Kyle is a self-made multi-millionaire and someone who's never been afraid to voice his opinions on and off air. And Kyle is now back on the telly, returning to the judging panel on Australian Idol on The Seven Network. But the most influential and life-changing role that Kyle now has is being a father. And I think you'll hear how this has mellowed this complex and compelling man. We caught up to record this chat at King Kyle headquarters. And a warning, not surprisingly, this episode includes some colourful language and drug references. Oh, Kyle. Jessica, Jessica, oh, how are you? Oh, listen, I'm brilliant. And you know what I'm so excited about? What? Normally you interview me. Normally I go into your studio a little nervous thinking, oh, my God, Do what you, is he? Nervous about what? Well, what are you going to throw at me in terms of you push the envelope? Well, what have you got to talk about usually? You're setting your cars on fire. Yes. You've got cat costumes. My crap cooking. The terrible cooking. Yes, but it's not about me today. No. It's about you. Oh, now I feel a bit nervous. I wasn't it's, nervous before, now I'm a bit nervy. <laughs> well, it's nice to not turn the tables, but to find out more about you. Oh, have you got notes there? Yes, oh, what are I, your notes? Yes, I don't like notes. Who yes. gave you those? Don't Google me. You've got to get to page 17 before you can find one nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there is a whole lot that is nice about you and you are to me a pussycat. Yes, but you think everyone's a pussycat. I'm a feral Back alley, ratty-looking, red-headed cat. That's no, right. a right. nasty tomcat. Yes. But I wonder, is that the image, though? And really underneath you have this lovely softness to you. There is a softness. but You can tell. I am what I am. I am harsh. I am all of these things. So not many people see the soft side. People I've worked with, some of them see the soft side. My partner does, obviously. She's seen mainly soft. And a lot of the harshness may have been a bit of a front early on in my life just to, you know, suck in all the pain and push forward and I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no education, no nothing, no prospects. Got fired from a few radio jobs because I didn't know if the boss says, hey, don't do that, you can't confront him and start swearing and calling him names without getting fired. So I learned that the slow way, got fired a few times. But I feel I've always been me. So this is all of me, but I do rarely show the soft side. Like, where am I going to show softness? Where? Well, as a dad. Oh, because you're a oh dad you melted now. me. I'm a dad. I said to Tegan the other day, that's my fiance, 
I said, what's wrong with me? I'm bursting into tears at a Qantasad. Like weird songs, like you're flicking around the radio and you hear some old song that you barely even know. You start pouring with tears and I thought, I've turned into an old flop. What's wrong with me? I can't, I can't keep my tears in. My grandma used to cry at the drop of a hat and I'm nervous that I'm going to be that crier. But why be nervous about that? Because you say you... Because it's what pussies do. No, it's not. It's actually what real evolved people do. That, that's just what pussies say that think they want no, people want them to be evolved. No, 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 because, come on, that's, again, you thinking, oh, I've got to have that. Does your husband of. burst into tears at the Qantas ad? Come on. Yes. Ah. Not because he loves Qantas. As oh, no one I. loves Qantas that yeah, much. Well, no, no, when they do that, I still call Australia mm, home. Mm, mm. I burst into tears. That's but, the one. But Petey has always been someone not afraid to show his emotion. And I think in a way what is beautiful for you about becoming a dad is that it gives you permission to be vulnerable. Actually, you might be onto something there because it's I like being vulnerable, but doesn't your wife and stuff, won't she walk into the room and if you're sitting in your undies and your gut's hanging out and you're crying to still call Australia home, is that sexy? Yes, it <laughs> is. Really? It is. Oh. And that's... I think a really important thing to remember that women or blokes, depending, you know, on your sort of partnership arrangement, what I find sexy and appealing is someone who is in touch with how they feel and not afraid to show the person they love, Mm. this is how I feel. Mm. Sure, there might be times when we have to put a mask up for other people, but if we can't be our truest self with who we love... You're right. What's the point? Why live? Like what's life for? You're actually right. And you know what? Tegan is the only one I really show the soft side to. I think you're open to, like if you've got, I've had different girlfriends over the years and, you know, been married before. You forget I've been married once before. Oh, my God. And I feel that when you feel comfortable or it's almost allowed or it's not ridiculed, it is a different situation. When you are free to be yourself, warts and all, not that I've got the warts, so what is the worst thing, Kyle, that can happen if you're open with someone you love about how you truly feel about something? Well, I don't think anything bad can happen. And if it did, then maybe you should reassess who you're with, right? This is where you go, oh, God, you guys, are, you and Petey, you've got the perfect relationship. Do you have anything bad? Is anything oh, bad? Oh, no, we fight and I think But about stupid been... things or about important things? No, about... Really. About... The silly stuff, yeah, and it's that's the, fine. I the think. important things we agree on, a- yeah. and I think, say for you, you know, you talk about you've been married before, mm-hmm. you're in a de facto relationship as well. Yes, yes. What was it about Tegan that made you think she's the one? I'm ready. Well, because her and I were friends for a few years before, like, and we wouldn't see each other often, but we were socially, we'd run into each other, and I had liked her because she was working in advertising agencies, so it was something we could talk about something. You know, she knew my world and I knew her world. And when we first met, she was challenging me. I think she thought, oh, this guy's an a-hole, right? And she's not wrong. And she was quite challenging and I found that fun, you know, to, for her to go, oh, what? she was almost dismissive of me. And then we just became friends over the years and then a job came up and she applied and then it turned into something else because I think when you've got a mate and a friend and, like, we were friends first and then the relationship developed, Every other time it's been relationship first and then turns into friendship and sometimes those friendships don't work out for one reason or another or people take different directions. But we'd done the hard bit first. The hard bit was the friendship and the respect 
without desire and lust and all that, it didn't exist. I was with someone, she was with someone. It just wasn't the way we were. So I was surprised when she expressed interest. I was like, oh, Danny's still got it. No, I didn't. I thought, you know, oh, wow, she's, I was flattered and a bit, like, surprised because there'd never been any indication of that. And she said, well, it was inappropriate because you were with somebody and, you know, it never been an opportunity before. So, of course, I loved hearing that and the romance sort of started. Do you want to hear that blow by blow, or well, no, not, you, you can just guess that? Well, yes, I don't need yeah. to hear blow by blow, but I think because I'm not an instigator, I don't crack on. Oh, really? Ever. You wait. I never, Why is that? ever. I don't know whether it's just being like a bit overweight and a bit shy, and or I didn't want to be embarrassed if someone said, "Oh my God, no! Are you kidding yourself?" I'm flirty and a bit cheeky, but I would never crack onto someone like where I would make someone feel uncomfortable if they didn't want it, because that would be horrific for me to think that anyone felt like that. So I, they have to be pretty much nude saying, please have sex with me with lipstick on their forehead, and I'll be like, Man, I'm thinking that might be a green light. <laughs> I really need, like, the spotlight to be shone. I do. It's not a joke. Did Tegan take it to that degree for you or was it...? She didn't put the lipstick on her forehead, no. <laughs> uh, no, like, it just started off where I'd been out of a relationship and by myself living in a hotel and... You know, because she was working with my company, like sometimes she would bring me stuff if I needed or someone else would bring me. But I'd always ask her because she's my friend and, as well. But it wasn't ever really a boss-employee situation. Like a lot of people say she was my PA. She was never the PA. Like she ran the office management side of things and went into the management team. And like some people go, oh, he rooted his PA. But that's not the way I am. So it really developed naturally and nice. And she was a bit standoffish as well. Like she's not that forward as well. So it was more talking and me thinking, does she like me? It was weird and awkward and innocent. And dare I say probably grown up. Yeah. Sex wasn't the goal. You know what I mean? It was it was just different and completely different than anything else. And I think it's about connection. And I know if I think about Petey and I, we've been married for 19 years. Yeah. And who cracked onto who with you and Petey? I asked him out. You cracked onto Petey? Yes. And were you doing all flirty or what happened? Oh. How, did you know he'd say yes or were you, given, were you well, rolling the dice? Well, I was sort of given a bit of an indication. Oh, what do you mean? That he a wink? would say yes. What? No, because a friend paved the way, mm. rang Petey beforehand. Oh, my God. Yes. What are you in year nine, you guys? <laughs> when did this happen? But <laughs> there's the but, snort. But, but I didn't know that my friend had to convince Petey. I just convince thought, him how horrific I'd be mortified. But if I didn't convinced. know that. Thank goodness. God. He just said to me, "He'd love to take you out, but you have to ring him." So I thought, "Why not? I've got nothing to lose." Wow. So you you had the amber light. You knew you were going to get the green light. Well, I knew we'd get the green light to go on a date. Now, but it took a lot of convincing. What were your intentions? I knew. Did, were you lusting after him or did you just think, what a wonderful, beautiful man, I need to know him? Exactly. Right. And that's what I thought because getting back to what you were saying with Tegan, friendship to me or that connection in terms of that is a person I want to know Yeah. and there's something there that is right for me mm-hmm. and I reckon would be right for both of us. And that's what I seem to be hearing from what you're describing. Yeah, very similar. And hopefully we have as much success as you do because I'd be horrified if I was a deadbeat dad and I'm like, oh, you're on your own. Good luck up in the Gosford, you know, housing commission houses. Like, no, I I want my family with me. Even whilst we were just filming all the Australian Idol auditions, 
all the judges like, oh, we're off to the Gold Coast and how much free time have we got? No, let's spend the night and then we'll have a travel day. And I'm like, I had to hire a private jet to fly out of the Gold Coast at 11.30 at night so I could get home to see my child and fiancé. I only wanted to be with them. And it cost like $100,000, like flying here to Adelaide, the Gold Coast, to Canberra. But they were like, well, the, there's the idle budget, but I didn't want to wait in the Gold Coast for another day. And Tegan was a bit like, so let me get this, before she had the baby, let me get this right. You'll be vanishing for six or seven weeks just as we bring our child home from hospital. And I've learned that wasn't just a fact. That was a suggestion that is, do you like that? And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to come home. And she was great about it. I just said, yep, this is the schedule, but I'm going to do this way so I'm at home more often. And she's very supportive. And she said, oh, well, I'll just get mum to come over if I'm struggling. And it, it was a breeze. She, she's really a great mum. And uh, I loved coming home. I was exhausted, mind you. Well, it is exhausting. Oh. I want to know what it is like being a dad. Well, I love it. And we bath him together every single night. That's our thing, regardless of where we are or what we're doing. We're at home at 6 o'clock for the bathing and I enjoy licking the little buckets and tipping and squeezing the washes and he loves it. And I can just sit there and just watch him and watch him. She doesn't like him watching television and I must admit that I do love playing with him but if she goes for a shower, I'll spin him around for the watch the TV while I whip outside and, you know, have a ciggy or something and then I have to wash myself and change my shirt because I'm not allowed to have any smoke <laughs> on me and all these rules. My mum and her three sisters chain smoked in the Kingswood with the windows up while I stood unrestrained on the back seat. And she goes, well, that was the 70s and things have changed. And this is now. That's right. And what else, I suppose, are you doing differently to how you were brought up? Because, I mean, you had a pretty tough time. Yeah. And how do you want to be a different type of dad? Yeah, well, I've never drunk alcohol. Like I might have a sip of champagne at a thing because I always thought, Alcohol made my family ugly. And when everyone everyone was drinking, the cops would always show up because that's what I wanted to be before radio. My dream was to be a policeman because I saw them as heroes because when they would arrive at our house, I would think, thank God they're here. However, Dad would then pick up, remember how he used to put the glass milk bottles out the front back in the olden days, kids? We had 12. Well, Dad stood at the top of the stairs throwing the empty milk bottles, smashing them on the police car's windscreen but they still took him down and took him away and I saw them as heroes. So I always wanted to be a cop, but then I got done for unlawful use of motor vehicle and they didn't charge me for this, but I nearly got charged for impersonating a police officer because I was that obsessed and a fantasising type of kid that I had a stolen car, I was homeless and a fake federal police ID and I was flashing it at McDonald's to get free food. Like I was desperate. And when you're 16, you don't think of, you know, what are you really doing here? Like, this is dangerous. I was just surviving. And some other kids that were homeless were bashing people at ATMs. And I thought, ah, oh, I could never do that. Could never hurt anyone for myself. So I would tell them, like, let's do things this way instead. Let's steal this bread from behind the supermarket and the milk from behind, and let's eat that. Let's not hurt someone just to go to McDonald's because it just was not something I wanted to be involved in. I can't begin to imagine what that must have been like as it, a little it, boy. The way I remember it is almost like I'd watched a movie. Like I don't feel the feelings anymore. I've got like visions of this, that, and I don't have any memory of the feeling. Like people say, how did you feel? 
No, I couldn't tell you. I'd, I'd be making it up. I don't actually remember the feeling. I must have been suppressing, suppressing, and I just can't remember the feeling. But I do know it happened, and I wrote a book and blah, 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 all about it. And I think maybe I even tried to put a humour angle on the whole situation, which is probably still masking undealt with pain and trauma and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's a coping mechanism, yeah. being able to sort of laugh at something, yes. to be the one to first of all laugh at your situation before anyone else can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, people have said, oh, have you ever spoken to a therapist? And I thought I did not really want to open Pandora's box. Things are good now. The last thing I want to be doing is crying and, you know, but praying to the moon. Like yes. I feel pretty good now. Yeah. Whether it's dealt with or whether it'll ever be dealt with, mm. I just like now my focus is on being a good dad, being a good husband soon, that's going to happen in the end of April. It's not a feeling I even feel I carry. I might, but it doesn't, I don't feel it affects me that much. So I'm just happily, la, 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 la. If I get too emotional, I'll just have a joint and just blow myself out. Obviously, only in countries where it's legal. But um, it's interesting hearing you talk in that way because, yes, often we'll do things, whether it be drink or drugs. Sex, whatever, gambling to numb pain. Yeah, but those things and are also a bit fun, unless you're out of, of control. Of course they are, but long term, it's not sustainable. And I mean, you talk about oh, let's speak to a therapist <laughs> sorry, in that, that voice. Sorry, apologies to all therapists. <laughs> well, that you all and did also, talk about that. I'm someone who I've spoken to therapists over the years. I'm still on antidepressants, and that has helped me enormously. Right, and, and I think. It's almost important for you and people listening too to realise there's no shame in actually saying I need some help. It's not a sign of weakness. No, I totally agree with that, yeah. Or, or not even saying I need help but I want to live my best life and I want to be sure. as present as I possibly can. But I love weed as well, Jess. Like, like do I have to give up the weed just I'm not to be the open? Doctor. No, no. Thank God. I'm not the doctor. <laughs> Thank God or I'd be, I'd be having to go dry now. <laughs> so it's not even about that. It's being open to doing life slightly differently. You're already doing that yeah. in terms of you've fallen in love with Tegan. Yeah. You've fallen in love with a woman that is very different to your past relationships. Yes. It's begun in a very different way. You're now a dad. I know. Can you believe it? I, love, I do love that part. Something I'm that shocked almost. You, exactly. You know. So why not then consider that next step of, well. Of what? What uh, do I of, need to do? Well, you're talking about, oh, when you said, oh, talk to a therapist. Not Actually, everyone wants to waste their life sitting down paying some fortune to some clown. I already weren't ten times more than those clowns. Yeah, but it's What not, do they know? Yeah, but, well, they can know a lot in oh, terms you're of. Right. You're probably right. In terms of living your best life. Do you just want another bloody flip-flop that you can talk about emotional things with and cry and no, what's your therapist say? Not what, at all. I mean, what I'm loving being able to do with you is to have a different sort of conversation. Sure. That is, people, we've never chatted like this. No, we haven't. And I think for people as well to hear a different side of you because we hear this incredible broadcaster. Do you think I'm damaged? I think we're all damaged. Okay. I thought you were going to say yes, then I was going to have to ask why. No, you no, no. We're all we're I think, all I think we are all damaged, but is that just living life? Is of that it little is. dints and scratches yeah. and things? And there's that particular saying where we're all broken, but then you can put yourself together. It's like a Japanese sort of 
proverb with like a gold sort of thread and you're even more beautiful. Or like you, you're stuck together with gold again. You always put a nice spin. <laughs> I love the way you actually, you overlook your, like it's like you are above your own body and you're like, oh, no, don't do that, Jess. Like, <laughs> oh. like, like you're puppeteering your own self. Well, It's conscious. Well, I, Conscious choices. Yes, and I'm still not perfect and I've still got a long way to go, but I know I'm 52 now that I'm far happier now than I ever was when I was younger. And really? Yes. Were you wild when you were yes. young? What do you mean? What do you? What's Crazy. your version of wild? Well, I'm very conscious now of my daughters being teenagers that right. they listen to things. Oh, and right. So when oh, so they... you never saying how wild you were. Okay. <laughs> not, well, Let's not... think of the worst thing That's possible, right. and that was you. I'm kind of getting there, but I had a ball of when course. I was younger. A hoot. You know what? I even even Kerry Ann Kennelly told me, and she read it in her book, so I can say this. She said that when she was in New York. Rolling around with all the who's who, 24-7 on the cocaine, best time of her life. And I thought, oh, my God, you're Kerry and Kenley. I can't imagine you racking up the lines. Well, I'll say I've never done cocaine. That's well, there's, there's no award for that round here. I'll tell you what. So in some, I'll in your circles, yes, they love that. Not yes. mine, we don't care. Yes. no, no, no. But so I had Do you want me to ring someone? No. Okay, right. Kyle, come I, on. I don't know. I don't know what you <laughs> But... I know now I'm far happier because I actually like who I am and I was trying to find who I was right. when I was younger. Yeah. And also if I think about Petey, you know, who I'm married to now is very different to the people that I dated when I was younger. What types did you like? All I, the bad types. All the worst. All the worst. Right. And yeah, surprise, yeah, yeah. surprise, it didn't work out. I think when you do find someone right, you realise very quickly, like, oh, oh, what, what? This is what it's about. Yeah, I didn't have all my ducks in a row. That's it. Yeah, and it, it's easy and it feels right. And easy, I think, is the word. It should be easy. Don't it you shouldn't reckon? Be a it struggle. shouldn't be, oh, my God, let, we have a fight and a drama no, every day. No. It's dramatic and this and this and this. Exactly. No, it's meant to be easy. Yeah, you, and we all have the fights and the ups and downs and, you, you know, but, like, you're right. The majority of it should be easy and enjoyable and enjoying each other's company, not like walking on eggshells. So many people I know are walking on eggshells and they go, oh, I don't want to go home because, you know, and I think, oh, my God, I'd hate that. And also life is too short. Yeah, exactly. And that was why I was giving you the, not lecture. In oh, you think comments, I'm near death. No. You think, look at him. <laughs> but thinking about you now that you're a dad. I think it's no surprise to anyone that, I like, I could easily have a rubber arm and be twisted off into some terrible three-day bender where I vanished for days at a time and wouldn't care, wouldn't get to work, didn't give a shit, right? Thought, ah, what are they going to do? But now, like, I just wouldn't. Like, anything that even was a little bit risky, I'm just not even interested in. And it's because of the child and, like, you've got something more important than yourself and it's never happened before. I've always thought I was the most important person, no matter who I was with or where I was or what I was doing. I really only cared about myself. So it's very different to care for someone else way more than I care for myself. That's new to me and that's I think that's changed my tact and I, I feel that this is a better road I'm on now. And you're so right because you suddenly realise the world is bigger than myself. Yeah. And there are other people that are more important than... Well, one. Than, one person. Oh, one the person. Child. So, oh, and his mother, obviously. Yeah. Okay, but, so too. So describe to me the love because yeah. when I think about how much I love my girls, there's 
nothing like that feeling. I don't even know. I tried to explain it to someone the other day. I was like, you know, uh, it's because you hear people say, you never know the love until you look into the eyes. And I thought, whatever, Liz. I didn't care. I just thought I've heard everyone say that. But when it happened, I was like, oh, oh, I totally get it. And I don't think anyone will get it. And if they didn't have their own children, they just, they don't know. Because it's one of those things that has to be your child and you have to be, you have to feel that feeling where you realise, oh, I get what everyone's saying now. I really, really did dismiss it as just bullshit parents said. Like, I don't have a favourite child, they're all the same. Bullshit. You know you got a favourite. I'm not going to ask you yours because I think that's rude and no one wants to deal with that. But I knew I wasn't the favourite child growing up. I knew, but I didn't care. I don't think you have a favourite but there's different times when it. you like, no, there's different times when you like one more than the other. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's possible. not yeah, a favourite. That makes more sense. I love them equally, but depending on what else is happening, I might like one more yeah, than the yeah, other yeah, because yeah, of yeah. how they're yes, being. Yes, that's just human nature, I think. I, reckon. I understand. And the other thing that I felt too very much when I became a mum was this idea of like heartstrings. I'd never had a sense of someone pulling on my heartstrings. Yes, right. This is the silver thread they talk yes. about. What the hell is that? I didn't know. I well, thought it that was be, some macrame well, chat. Well, it could be I'm... any coloured thread. It doesn't have to be a thread. But don't you reckon, I just remember thinking, oh, it's almost like my heart is now outside of my uh, body. Exactly right. That is the only way to describe it, yes. Like I'm more aware, whoa, this is a, I've got a vulnerability here that I've never felt before and it makes me a bit nervous, that vulnerability, because... I could shut anything down. I could pretend things never happened. I could put up a brick wall and just think, I don't care, I'm a bulldozer. I could care less. But now I feel exposed, like, oh, here's this big meaty heart hanging out that everyone can see. And it worried me for a while, but now I'm not so worried. I'm sort of more comfortable with it. It's definitely a growing thing that's happened for me as well. So as he's growing, and Tegan and I growing. Like, I think I've done more growth in the last maybe year and a half than the previous 50. So, yeah, I'm a slow learner, but I get there. <laughs> so you're like a new age Kyle. No, I'm not moving to Newtown anytime <laughs> soon. Getting oh, crystals and stuff like that. come on. <laughs> I can't stand a guy in a crystal necklace. I'm just getting. <laughs> and you talk about that growth. Does it still frighten you a bit of what else that might mean? Uh, no, no. Uh, like, I'm just so swept up in that bubble of babiness. You know, he's still got no teeth. He's just started to eat solids. Uh, he choked the other day, uh, like coughed up some peas and carrot or whatever he was because he had this stupid sippy cup and he shoved it so far down his throat, started coughing and choking and then T was like, oh, and I just picked him up and he vomited all over the bottom of my beard and all down my shirt and pants. I didn't care. I laughed. Like, Tegan was horrified. Like, she was looking at me thinking, what's he going to do? He's been spewed on. I absolutely didn't care. Not one iota. I did actually laugh and settled him down and cleaned him up and then I said, I'm just going to have a quick shower. But I would freak out if even if I seagull nilly pooed on me at Manly. <laughs> I'd be, oh, I just, it's a different, it's a different being, you know? It's just a different way of living. Mm. It's good. I love it. And with that different way of living, it doesn't then matter that you cry during ads or whatever. Yeah. I will not be a guy that cries when they ejaculate, though. Oh, you see, now you've got to bring it back to that. 
No, no, that's it's important to me. <laughs> Come on. Oh. You know that's not cool. <laughs> if Petey did that, right, you'd have a problem. You'd be off to therapy with him. <laughs> you sure you've never done cocaine? You got quite a snort on you. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I, I reckon you can suck it up from like that, that high. Oh, Kyle. <laughs> I'm not even teasing you. Don't. Because we're having a deeper meaning Oh, sorry. Here. Listen, I'm, it's you too know, hot to be. No. I'm starting <laughs> we, to sweat. I know. But we can put the aircon on if you want to. Oh, I'm Are a, you okay? Yeah. No, you put something on. Do you want some air conditioning A little on? bit of blowing. What I'd love to talk about now is back to when you were growing up. Yep. And, I mean, you've described the relationship that you had with your dad. Hang on, is that all right? You can turn it down and throw it over here. I'll fix it. You know me. This is good. I feel... feel, Oh, good. uh, Is this what therapy's like? (laughs) Maybe maybe, maybe it is good. Maybe it is a good thing. And it's about, I mean, you find the right therapist. There's yeah, right. all different You're right. people. That's it's true. not a just about, I mean, there's a bazillion different, yeah. um, like in any profession. I suppose you have to have some sort of. Connection. Yeah, 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 because I suppose it's not just no. their knowledge, it's no. also them as a human. Yes. Right. And you see it's about talking to someone who has got no personal investment in you. Sure. They don't know the background, they haven't got sort of. Yes, but I once even I even once got, I even once got one of my doctors pregnant. So like you know, a lot of intimacy over the years. But seriously, <laughs> there's many different type of therapists that, yes, yes. that are good. Yes, yes. And like I said, I love my antidepressants. I wouldn't be functioning as I am now. And how long did it take, take you to realise that you needed something like that to go on? Or well, or is this I, just part of the, your self discovery? No, no, not part of well. And I'm interviewing you, but I can answer. Oh, sorry, yes. God, you get so bloody. <laughs> oh, that's not the rules. It's just a rule follower. Well, actually, no, I'm not. Oh, you are so. I'm You've got not. rules. Well, some, but I hate rules generally. I'm a bit of a rule breaker. Are you yes, really? Yes, I get you, really you little wildcat. I get annoyed when people tell me. If someone tells me to do something, then I don't do it. Oh my god! I'm the, a real like no. Yeah, don't that's tell me exactly like mine. Which Tegan's the same. But I'll push back and go no. Yes, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to be. No one wants to be controlled or puppeteered, no, no. or you know, or, or be pushed along. You know, their merry way in life. People should be free, and and I think that's the only way to live. Oh boy, that was a wild conversation for me, but what a thrill to hear a different side to Kyle, as I kept steering it back to him, as he was trying to interview me. And as they say, wait, there is more. Coming up in part two, we talk about if there's anything that Kyle regrets. There's been regret. There's also been things that I've said that I can genuinely put down to being uneducated or being just not anything I've ever learnt about. And then I do take the experience of when someone goes, well, from where I sit, like this is how it made me feel and this is how it makes my type of people feel, blah, blah. And I'm very, always been very open to hearing that sort of stuff. Plus, what he says was his career rock bottom. This is the first time I've ever really spoken about it, in all honesty. I've never gone and set the record straight. And for more big conversations like this one with Kyle, follow the Jessro Big Talk Show podcast. It means you'll never miss an episode. And if there's someone you know who you think might enjoy this conversation, share it with them. The Jess Rowe Big Talk Show was presented by me, Jess Rowe. Executive producer, Nick McClure. Supervising producer, Sam Kavanagh. 
Until next time, remember to live big. Life is just too crazy and glorious to waste time on the stuff that doesn't matter. Listener.